Some might say I've led an extraordinary life. In fact, you might say it, when I'm done speaking today. I hope you learn the lessons in what I'm going to tell you, because you can replicate my unusual success story easily with a little code cracking. God tells me I am the code cracker, but I do believe others exist. I cannot be the only full-functioning autistic on planet Earth. You could be one and you don't even know it because you blend in so easily these days, having long forgotten your moments in childhood where you chose to be more like a neurotypical person instead of yourself. Being neurodivergent is not a curse. People talk about autism like it is a curse. I can't have my baby vaccinated, they might get around to being autistic. Wrong. They were already autistic, you simply injected a poison that made it more apparent. Please note that I am not anti-vaccinations when it comes to true diseases that we can avoid, such as smallpox and polio. These things still live in backwater rural areas, and we can easily kill and maim a ton of children this way. Actually, I changed my mind, throw the vaccines away and root for natural selection to rule the day once more. God knows we need it since we don't believe in letting people off themselves or die with dignity. Anyway, you should know that my family lived below poverty level for the gestation years, the incubation years that shaped me the most. I had fuck all to play with, all of it secondhand. I remember we had a Teddy Ruxpin that talked via cassette tape and the books that went with it, and that was probably the most expensive toy I ever had. And, since it needed batteries, which are not an essential purchase to the household, I got to play with it once a year. Somehow in this mess, my father got into video gaming. It's like drugs, but you can share without overdosing. They're flipping expensive. It was $60 for a brand new video game even then. I remember going to Toys R Us twice or three times to buy video games. Sega Genesis cartridges. We ended up with 66 games for the Sega, but I doubt everything was purchased at full price. My household was the kind of household that saves all the twist ties, rubber bands, plastic tabs that keep bread bags closed. All that shit reusing it as needed throughout day-to-day operations. My household was the kind of household that only got clothing new once a year for going back to school. My mom would routinely visit second-hand stores for everything, and there are at least 10 in my area. I remember extremely long and boring walks to go to the Rainbow Connection, which is where I ended up talking her into spending a dime on a Shira costume for me in the middle of summer. I even put it on. The neighbor laughed at me and I never wore it again. We were so poor that we often went hungry, so my mother's prime directive was to feed the kids for free as often as possible. Cue poison to the girl, I had become fully reactive to dairy by the time I was 8 years of age because that's what they feed children that are growing. They still do it, routinely, and there are still a bunch of obese children running around ashamed of the gut they have from being fed poison in the school's lunchroom. Stop feeding children dairy. Give them mineral water with their lunch. Recycle the plastic you'll undoubtedly use doing this. They'll end up smarter and performing better in the school system, anyway, and then this ridiculous bullshit some asshole president pass will fall by the wayside. Every school will perform better, no matter what. Or your money back. Drop the orange juice, too. The acid is wearing away their stomach lining, making them sensitive to foods. With all that aside, I went to the ghetto's main office for free lunches, which included nasty, nasty salami with peppercorns in it on a dry-ass bun with a slab of cheese, a fruit cocktail that tasted like shit to me and drowned in syrup to make it edible, a milk, and if I was lucky, something actually good like applesauce. Sometimes, I think there was a cookie involved, but I can't rightly remember it. 
Also, Gary, I'm sorry. I was too young for that. At any rate, I grew up in the projects TM. That's code for the ghetto, folks who don't know. They had to give the slums a name to make themselves feel better about putting us all there, poor as can be. The housing project was actually kept in better condition than the house I live in, though, so there is that to consider. I seem to recall they repainted them all while we lived there and they took really good care of the outdoor parts. You could garden, just like you can in a townhouse, and it was good TM. And as a white girl, you can imagine I was in the minority. I don't actually think I was, though. I think it was about an even mixture of Puerto Ricans, first-generation immigrants, at that, and then people we'd all call black or white. In my particular area of the place, there were a lot of white bitches, so whatever. My BFF was named Audrey, and she is what one would call black. I loved everything about her, including the gap in her teeth she'd spit through, aiming at some distant space unknown to anyone, shooting that saliva at least a good three feet. She played the clarinet then. I wanted to be just like her, so I also took up the clarinet. I thought she was the most amazing person on planet Earth for the longest time and I hope I treated her well while it lasted. We tried to talk on the phone when my parents moved us away into a dungeon of a household that they would allow to rot away, but it was never the same. I know I saw her once or twice more while touring different schools and by that time, she was playing the saxophone. I was at her high school, no idea which one, with my middle school and had a nice opportunity to say hello. I knew the connection was broken, we diverged into completely separate paths. She grew without me, and that was okay, but I was not going to follow in her footsteps. At age 11, I had Bell's palsy, which paralyzed half my face and made it incredibly difficult to continue playing the clarinet, so I quit. I wasn't terrible at playing it, but I mostly enjoyed skipping gym class so I wouldn't have to face the ridicule of being told I am unacceptably fat yet some more. There were no band classes at my high school, anyway. I had to go to a different high school for that experience. I was sad about it, moving on in different directions. I was forced to when I was just 11 years old. However, I was no stranger to loss or grief, anyway. In fact, I used to be crybaby crystal, a moniker I hated so much that I vowed one day to stop crying. That didn't work out, as it turned out, but I could delay my response time to being provoked to tears so I could do it alone where no one would admonish me, berate me, tease me, or make fun of me for being sensitive. I was sad about it, moving on in different directions. I was forced to when I was just 11 years old. However, I was no stranger to loss or grief, anyway. In fact, I used to be crybaby crystal, a moniker I hated so much that I vowed one day to stop crying. That didn't work out, as it turned out, but I could delay my response time to being provoked to tears so I could do it alone where no one would admonish me, berate me, tease me, or make fun of me for being sensitive. Why did people bully me? Because I was fat. Because I was poor. I smelled funny, living in a home full of smokers who smoked inside, or my parents thought bathing once a week was sufficient. Who knows how often my laundry was done, either, but I remember kicking all of it down the steps once a week or more. I remember Sunday was bath day, too. After we moved, my father, who had been the sole breadwinner, ended up too sick to work. He was working insane hours, supposedly, every single week. God tells me he included things he wasn't paid for, such as working on the car, which is legitimate but didn't include more cash to pay for things like groceries. I remember any time we had meat, when I was a bit older, I'd come by and peel off any bits stuck to the pan and eat them. 
After learning all about food safety later in life, that's not so great, but they were the best parts of the meat anyway, the little scraps stuck to the pan. I was never the child who got their way, by the way. I was forced to compromise my entire life. I got so used to not having a will of my own that God's frustrated these days because now that I am being encouraged to become a person in full, I have absolutely no personal desires whatsoever. And, even if I do, some asshole in the back of my head interrupts me all over again, driving me off of Netflix to find a show, or putting down my video game and never going back even though I really want to play more of it. I even started reading Myth Perceptions the other day and by the second chapter, set it down, never to return. That was in mid-January and it's already March as of tomorrow. I told my mother time and again I didn't want to eat corn or carrots or macaroni and cheese. Too bad, eat it. I would get some flimsy bullshit story about how the men in the family wanted those things so I just had to get over it and eat what they wanted. At age 11, I began to cook for myself. I did my own laundry. I did everything for myself that I could because my mother started working and because I was never going to get to have it my way, ever. I poisoned myself with partially uncooked eggs at least four dozen times. I had no teacher, I had nothing but myself and being forced to make my own observations. I would get irritable if I was forced to eat whatever my half-sister created. She loved tomato. Spanish rice, which, by the way, is both fucking disgusting and not Spanish, spaghetti, and whatever else she could throw tomatoes into. No, you're projecting, Pamela, and calling me whatever it is you feel about yourself deep down. She just called me a rotten bitch. She's the entire reason I hate myself, by the way. It wasn't enough to get raped as a goddamn child. It wasn't enough to get teased by all the neighbor kids, assaulted by Willie down the street. It wasn't enough to take all the fucking bullying and being assaulted again by a different kid further down the street. It wasn't enough that I was being poisoned by her cooking and school food and free food, making me fatter and fatter and fatter. It just wasn't enough. So go fuck yourself, woman. I've about had it up to my eyeballs with your shit. I will take you to court if you decide to lash out. I wonder who will win? Me. God says so. Let's dance, baby. Now that we fed the troll, let's continue with the actual story that has nothing to do with her. Tomato is the reason I have been sick all my life. The acidity of it increases the longer you cook it. I have had overcooked tomato sauce more than 1,000 times. Fresh tomatoes are not at all like this, plus you get less tomato out of a slice or two than you do out of a spoonful of ketchup. Ketchup is overcooked. Then, they add acid to it, to preserve it better, I would bet, in this day and age. Pure poison. I heard on the radio about some dude who got lost at sea for 30 days. I was thinking about that. How on earth can you stay away from all the boat traffic on the sea for an entire 30 days? Supposedly, he survived on just Heinz ketchup and seasoning packets. I call shenanigans, and if he did, I want to see what his insides look like. If that man actually survived on ketchup alone for 30 days, he is guaranteed to be allergic to that seasoning as of right now. Test him. Make him prove it. I have a feeling someone just wants to be famous. Now that we've had our moment regarding tomato and why it's heinous, let's get back to the story. All that someone at poverty level can afford is tomato. Coincidence? We think not. We think, that is, God and Sansara, but not Crystal, she's just listening, that this is a well-known phenomenon brought to you by that doctor you think is saving your life. 
What else could it be when they happen to know low-fat and low-sodium diets are going to kill you? Now, do you want to fucking listen to Crystal's story about getting rich on next to nothing or do you want to fucking talk about tomatoes? She is a shooting star that came from below poverty level making it to upper middle class income by age 35. What have you accomplished in your pathetic life? I even tried to make food for everyone every now and again. Once I mastered frying eggs to over medium, without flipping them over, I would offer to make them for my brothers and my sister. We worked together on extra rare occasions, write your own fucking diary about what that monster did to you, nobody gives a shit and he's dead so get the fuck over IT and therapy like I did. We done. I'm out. God, the floor is yours. Dash. Clean up my goddamn ocean you stupid fucking rats.